What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's guest is Madeline Solomon, a woman on a mission to show how delicious plant-based meals can be. With heart disease running in her husband's family and raising children of her own, Madeline decided to take her family's health into her own hands by starting Credo Foods. Today, Credo exists to serve more than just her family and is blazing a path to help introduce other people to plant-based meals that are better for humans while being kinder to the earth and the animals around us. So please stick around and tune into this episode to hear how Madeline manages full-time motherhood, her business, and a life full of the delicious food she creates for others. What's up, y'all? CJ Finley here, back with the Thrive On Life podcast. I hope all of you are doing well. I am extremely excited for today's conversation with Mrs. Madeline Solomon, the founder and creator of Credo Foods. I always love having product-based founders on the podcast because she showed up with a new product of hers. What was it? Strawberry? Strawberry cream cream cheese cheese and chive and onion cream cheese. Hell yes. (laughs) You basically know my, my whole college years of strawberry cream cheese on my bagels. But- Before we get into all the good stuff, i just like to welcome you here today. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome, thanks to you. I mean, you just put a pep in my day. It's been great being here already. I love the incense, everything. It smells great in here. (laughs) It actually, so we got that incense because the name of it is Ocean. And one of my goals in the long term is to live by the ocean one day. So the space that you see right here, Cough, cough, anybody out there that has been to my space and is into real estate and knows a potential opportunity where I can have the same type of space in the ocean, please hook me up. (laughs) But that's a whole sidebar conversation. I'd love for you to kind of go into what is Credo and what inspired you to do it because I think a lot of people out there are in need of some alternative foods like the one that you provide. And I'd love for you to just speak to that a little bit. Yeah. So Credo is a plant-based food company and we like to call it plant-based above everything. That's the whole reason we started it is to start something that was plant-based. So um, basically it's a bunch of dips right now. There's cashew quesos. Our newest products that I brought you today are the two dairy-free cream cheeses. And we also have a French onion on the market carried in Whole Foods. We're also in little places like we started off in rabbit food here in town, if you've ever been there. It's an all vegan, super cute little grocery. And we're even in restaurants now like Kirby Lane, Veracruz Tacos, Project Pollo. I don't know if you've tried it yet. It's freaking phenomenal. Where's that at? So that's here in Austin, but it's also, there's two locations in uh, San Antonio and they're opening like crazy, a bunch more locations. And full disclosure, we're part owners of Project Pollo now too. So I'm a little bit biased to how obsessed I am with it. But we think it's just out of this world. It tastes like real chicken. You you have to try it. I kind of wish I brought you some of that too. But it is just, I haven't tried anything better in terms of a vegan alternative to fried chicken. But they have sandwiches. There's now breakfast options like chicken and waffles and breakfast burritos. It's really good. You got to try it. But yeah, with Credo, It's a public benefit corporation. So part of our mission is to help 
encourage and inspire people to go plant-based. And a big motto of ours is most people aren't going to go all in. And it's kind of more, how do you get people to eat more plants? Um, it's for the plant curious. It's for people that maybe they can't eat dairy. They can't eat gluten. They can't tolerate things that aren't that great for you, overly processed with a bunch of junk that they don't even know what it is. So all of our products are oil-free, so they're minimally processed. They're made out of cashews, out of vegetables. Um, so I always like to say it's a great way of sneaking in veggies to even like your kids. I have a daughter that's five. We started the company when she was only two. It didn't launch then, but that's when we came up with the idea. And um, we went vegan as a family because if you don't mind me jumping into that. Yeah, yeah, go, go okay, with it. Because it's kind of how Credo came about. And it was really shortly after we went vegan, honestly. So we went vegan in 2018. And what was the initial spark to that? So it was. I, I feel like the reason I'm asking this question is there's a lot of people, especially now during COVID and everything going on, that are taking a step back, reflecting on what their lifestyle is right now or was over the past year and decade prior. And maybe a little bit more willing to try new things. Humans, human nature is not willing usually to try new things, but people are starting to kind of like get out there and try new things. And the reason that I know this is because my parents are always asking me like, what are you doing? What's that thing you're trying? And these things. And when they start getting curious about things, I know the world is changing a little bit, but for what was sure, your initial spark sure. to that? So, so yeah, my husband, it was his idea, Adam, you met Adam mm -hmm. briefly, maybe a couple times, right? So Adam started rejecting meat. It was so weird. Like he just was like, oh, I don't feel like I can eat any more meats. And he, it was just shocking to hear that coming from him. What do you mean by rejecting? He felt, he like told me, I feel or? like my body's rejecting meat. Like I shouldn't eat it right now. Like, I feel like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm not feeling good. And I feel like I'm rejecting it. And he comes from a background where there's heart disease in his family. So I was constantly trying to get him to eat more vegetables. And I wasn't vegan, but I do eat a ton of vegetables and I probably a lot healthier than most people in general and obsessed with nutrition. So I ate a ton of vegetables, fruits, whole foods, a lot of fish and chicken. That was like a lot of my diet. So I probably was already healthier than the average American. Not even, way healthier <laughs> for sure because I try not to eat processed even at, before we went vegan and everything. And every time we would go get him checked out, like to the doctor, they would say, your cholesterol is super high. Like you're going to need to get on medication. And I would say, no, 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 I'm going to help him get healthier. And I would help him get more veggies in his diet. But he just always wanted way more meat on his plate, like a ton of meat. Yes, he needed vegetables, but just not enough. He loved barbecue. He's from Texas. Um, so when he started saying, I feel like I'm kind of like rejecting meat. I shouldn't eat so much of it. I was super excited because I wanted him to eat more vegetables. I'm like, this is great. I started loading him up with more, but his cholesterol still didn't go down. And he started reading a few books and I started doing research. He came across the Engine 2 diet because our neighbor is friends with Rip Esselstyn. His dad is Dr. Esselstyn and they're all about plant-based, oil-free. He read the Engine 2 diet about a plant-based diet and we both started reading about a plant-based diet and started learning that it's the only diet that's been proven to reverse things like heart disease to- what? So say this again, en engine two? Or? Oh yeah, it's called the engine two diet. And what does that consist of? So the engine two diet is fully whole food, plant-based, also oil-free. Okay. So um, it's vegetables, fruits, 
beans. Uh, it's also you could get protein through seitan, tofu, edamame, beans, all that. Uh, all healthy carbs. So anything you could think of that's not processed and, and when, sweet potatoes, quinoa. I'm, I'm very interested in this because like my wife and I, Erin, uh, I was just telling you before the podcast, her, her father died of a heart attack and heart disease runs in the family. We just, basically one of the things we do is we get blood work fairly frequently and we have the same type of lifestyle and we eat fairly similar. I'm probably 80-20 on the plant to meat ratio. And That's awesome. it's one of the things where she was too. And when we got the test results back, like she is showing high LP, little a, a little bit higher cholesterol. And like my, my scores are like really, really good. And we have the same, we pretty much eat the same things. So we started doing more research into everything. And the reason I asked you what that was is because I want, I want to tell her, I've never heard of that specific diet um, or any of those oh, books. Yeah. We're voracious readers. So I'd oh, love to you know, so yeah, over that. This is exciting for me then because I'm a little bit obsessed with it. <laughs> And Great. I've That's... read so many books now and I've listened to so many different podcasts. So, which is cool. This is my first time doing a podcast, but I love podcasts and I listen to them all the time. And I, I have an obsession, especially with anything surrounding the plant-based diet. Um, so I probably, that's the main thing that I consume is anything surrounding nutrition. Two-part question here, because you mentioned the word healthy. And I think a lot of people out there, especially in today's time, like you go to the doctor and if you're pre-diabetic, they're like, oh, you're generally healthy. So our that's that's an issue that I've literally experienced. They're like, I'm in really great shape, but I have stomach problems. So I'll go there and they're like, oh, but you're pretty healthy. And I'm like, okay. But wh- there's but a problem. What does healthy mean? Yeah. So that's why I tend to ask people that are really into health and wellness, like to them, what is healthy? And then I also, second part of that question is you mentioned nutrition. I'm huge on like nutrition is literally the cure to everything. Like food is medicine. What sparked that? So two-part question, what is your definition of healthy? And then what sparked that whole like nutritional kind of obsession for you? Because my wife and I are in the same boat. Yeah. So I became kind of obsessive at a young age. So my dad, he saw me one day mimicking my mom making tea with tons of sugar, cow's milk. And he was like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Why are you putting six spoonsfuls of white sugar in your tea? I'm like, oh, I'm just making tea the way mom taught me. It's delicious. He's like, you're going to get diabetes one day if you keep down this path. I also am from a family of one of five kids. Everybody's fairly lean. I never was as lean as my siblings. I was never fat, but they viewed me that way (laughs) compared to them. I love food. I've always loved food. And my, and my dad was worried when he saw me like, okay, Madeline has a little extra weight on her and I see how much sugar she's putting in her food and her, she loves to bake. She you loves have a to kid cook. sugar, they're going to eat sugar. Yes. Like, and yeah, we weren't eating healthy things back yeah. then. And uh, we, we had healthy food too, but we definitely were eating a bunch of junk too, like Lunchables, Lucky Charms, Fruity Pebbles, things that you shouldn't Toaster be eating. Toaster strudels, that was my breakfast, cereal. Awful. Awful. Pop-Tarts. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> Straight sugar. Like, now that I think about it, like if I would have known what I know about those things now, I would have been like, why are we allowed to eat these poisonous things? So anyway, it was really bad. But luckily, one thing he did do, even though he's not perfect in terms of wh- what he learned about health, even though he's a doctor, he doctors don't get tons of nutrition training. I think they get like- They have one course. Yes. I already looked this up because it's I'm sad. so- It's really sad. So obsessed with like 
creating a new healthcare system? Yes, even my dad and I talk, I'd say I know so much more about nutrition than he does. And he's a doctor just because I'm obsessed with it. And I read a lot about it. And I go after learning about the evidence-based nutrition and not really big into typical diets, just more about what's actually good and healthy for you. And that's why I stick to the whole foods. But Anyway, um, he saw that. He started teaching me how to read nutrition labels at the grocery store, looking at saturated fat, looking at sugars and all those things. So that was kind of the first thing that kind of got me a little bit into it. And then I took a lot of nutrition courses in college. I was pre-med and I just, it kind of just continued down that path. And it wasn't until I thought, I mean, I'm still learning so much. I'm constantly learning. I'll learn throughout the rest of my life about different things when it comes to how you feel your body and what you put in it and what's good for you. Um, but I'm always open to learning more and finding out new things. It just I just was rocked recently in something I learned that I thought I had my nutrition so down and I learned something new. I'm like, okay, I'm taking this out of my house. No more. Um, it's rice. If you, I don't know if I can go down a lot of paths when we talk about this, but you know, I thought rice, as long as I'm buying organic, I typically buy, used to buy organic black rice, especially, I mean, the darker food, I've learned a lot about this through, if you're interested in learning about the diet, it's Dr. Greger. He's written How Not to Die, How Not to Diet is his new book. Um, he also has nutritionfacts.org. He has a podcast called Nutrition Facts. But everything, he's like super, super uber nerd that dives into the research of nutrition so that other people don't have to. But he gets down to the nitty gritty of all these studies and he gives it to you straight. And he talks even about who funded certain studies. Is it uh, Big Pharma or was it, you know, the Big dairy ag. industry or yeah. this? Yes. Yeah. So he, he gets into every aspect of it. And um, I'm obsessed with that stuff. So I am, I've read all his books. I listen to his podcast. He's not the only one. There's also, there's so many out there. There's another book I'm reading right now called Fiber Fueled. And uh, I don't know if you've heard of the guy, but it's the Gut Health MD. Yeah, talks I've heard about of that. how you need more fiber in your diet and the key to a healthy gut microbiome is just getting diversity into your, into your diet from plants, but yep. just getting a bunch of diverse plants in their whole form not stripping them from the fiber, but in their whole food form, getting diversity into your diet from plants is like the best thing you could do for your in body. Colors. In colors, yes. And <laughs> what Dr. Greger says, something I love about him is he talks about how when you go to the grocery store, buy things that are really dark, bright. Like, so if you're gonna buy greens, get dark, bright green leafies. If you're going to buy tomatoes, get the deepest, darkest red one that you can find. If you're gonna buy cabbage, choose the, if you're choosing one over the other, choose the red cabbage over the green, choose the red onion over the white, things like that. So I was getting like black rice or red rice, things that have colors. Um, and of course, white rice on occasion, even though it's not as good for you, I was okay with it. But I was like, as long as I buy organic, I'm doing something fine. But I come to find out that according to all of these studies, actually, even with organic, it's still full of arsenic. So no more rice for my house. We'll eat on occasion if we go out to eat, you know? Yeah. And that's where like the issue that I've always had was, so I have celiac disease and it's just like, go more plant-based, go. Yeah. The problem is like, where are the plants coming from? What- To be careful. Where, where, what ground, even if they're organic, what has that soil been through? Like, there's so many things that like, for my gut, it's, and that's what really yeah, started fucking with Yeah, you have to be even me, more careful. Like, so like my buddy Faya's founder of Prep Door, we did a trial one time. Like I'm like, I'm gonna go vegan for a week. I literally thought I was gonna die because like three days in, like 
my body, like how your husband was rejecting me, like my body was literally tearing apart from the inside. But I think what it was is with all the veggies and everything that I'm throwing I know what in it there, was, but yeah, go ahead. I think it, I know what it is. It's yeah. now that I I, I think you're saying it, it. You're saying it. It's- All the veggies. Well, yeah. It, the fiber. It's And well, one of the problems was, so with autoimmune conditions, you have to- slowly increase fiber. Second thing is I learned like with celiac, certain things can trigger like, cause I was just thinking gluten and wheat, but certain things can trigger it as if it were gluten or wheat. So when I was eating, I wasn't sourcing the different vegetables from like, so now if I'm going to go heavy on vegetables, like go to Wheatsville, like that's one of the places we go to because they do source awesome. from from local rather than like Whole Foods, which is like kind of deteriorating a little bit in terms of where they're sourcing from. But learning about like where things are sourcing from, and then also my mentor, the rice thing, I kind of already knew about because he buys his rice in bulk from somewhere, and I was like, why do you do that? And he's like, oh, like all my whole grains I get from this one specific place. And that's when I started doing research into that area of the world where it's just like, yeah, and you I don't even know too. what, like. The arsenic is higher depending on the region, but no matter where, it all has arsenic, sadly, when it comes to rice. From what I was reading, unless your guy has found I don't know, I'm the, do the more holy research now. grail that's of the one point place of that has no arsenic <laughs> or maybe super low. I don't, I don't know. But why am I even going to fuck with it and risk it when there's all of this plethora yeah, other of other things like quinoa and amaranth and barley, which is our new favorite, barley. But you can't have it because yeah. it's uh, I, gluten. What, but you could have things like buckwheat. I stick to a lot of like lentils, lentil pasta. Perfect. Um, Lentils like are when so it comes amazing to, for you anyway. When it comes to breads and doughs and stuff, like right now, have you heard of the company Simple Mills? Yeah. Yeah. I'll do like their Simple Mills pizza crust where it's like cassava flour, oh, coconut great. flour, You can make your flour. own if you like to do things like well, that. That's, I think, the, the next level progression. And this is why like I'm super stoked to have you on because I think the next level for my wife and I is really starting to dig into let's source things in bulk and then start making them ourselves. Awesome. Um, but I think one of the things we've been doing is we try everything. So we'll go to the store and like any new little thing coming out, that's how we got introduced to Credo in the first place is like, oh, what's this? Like we don't eat dairy. So like when it comes to chips, it's always guacamole. But then it's just like, I start looking through the different sections of Whole Foods and you see, okay, this is a new product. I'm going to try it. And then I like, I kind of like spicy things. So like perfect. Oh, I should have brought you perfect. the spicy today, um, man. And then, so we try that and we're huge on chips. So it was like a no brainer and we'll try things. And then the, the next thing I think for us again is what do we love and like what sits with us well and how do we start creating it our, ourselves? One, it's fun. Like yeah. we were talking about before you like cooking and, and so do I, but it's also just cheaper. Like if I buy for things sure. in bulk. But you I'd should make your own chips. We make our own chips at home. Okay. Because there's no Recipe, chips. That I, I, I'm told you, I, I'm a little <laughs> bit neurotic with what I eat and I don't eat oil. Like zero oil is used in my house. And of course I'll have on occasion a treat that has oil yeah. in it. Or if we buy our daughter a vegan donut from Weedsville, like I'm okay to try it. I won't have a whole one because I'm that crazy. Everybody else in my family will, but I won't have a bite. Um, but <laughs> I don't really die. Like the things I like to put in my body, I like to keep it the same because I I could tell a difference when I do it. Like I feel And that's awful. all that matters. At the I feel end of the, awful. That's all that matters at the end of the day because I'll, I'll let it. the audience in on a little discussion we had before we yeah. get on the podcast because you're super sweet and you were just like, I don't want to come off neurotic. And I was just like, well, what you put in your body, like that's your body. Yeah. Like there's cer only certain things we can control in life. 
life is so unpredictable, but the things that you can control, like your work ethic, like how hard do you work? Like you can be positive. And then this whole conversation has made me thought like in a practical sense, it's like what you put in your body. I mean, we are blessed that like we have the means to get the food that we need. There's other people on this earth that do not have that right now. So I don't want to come off as if I don't understand that. Yeah. Um, we do have the means, but if you have the means, like you have the choice to understand what you're putting in your body. And like, that's your choice. That's not neuroticism. For that's sure. literally just like, I wish more people yeah. would do that because this world would become a better place. They would feel better. They would I look agree. better. They'd show and up better. And by the way, speaking to that, we've saved so much money since going plant-based because we do bulk buy things like oatmeal, steel cut oats. We, I even buy fro- a bunch of frozen berries, frozen vegetables, and we just have saved so much money. We eat out a lot less, especially because we went oil-free. And the reason we went oil-free is when you asked about engine two. So when you start reading about these things, like how not to die, for example, um, or the engine two, whatever you want to dive into to read about, when you start reading about them, because oil is vegan. We're vegan, but I'd say our lifestyle is vegan. We're vegan for the animals. We're vegan for the environment, but we're plant-based for health. And that's what where the oil comes in. So we'd rather get it straight from avocados, straight from olives, straight from the actual food source like nuts, where the nutrients aren't stripped. It's still full of fiber and it's still able to fill you up without being super high in calories, without getting much benefit from it. Plus there's been all these studies that have proven oil and other things like super processed foods, sugars, all these things, but they contribute to arterial damage and function. So they also contribute to heart disease. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Madeline. I hope you are loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Madeline Solomon. I'm always like, what can we do as a family to help prevent things like heart disease, cancer, diabetes, dementia? Uh, I know that Based on 23andMe, I'm more likely than the average person to develop late onset Alzheimer's. So I'm always reading about like, what can I do to prevent developing things like Alzheimer's? Number one thing you could do is eating a plant-based diet. I didn't even know that, but I was like, yes, at least that part I have down. But even if you're not able to eat a plant-based diet, there's various reasons that some people can't do it. Even if you're not, even if you're just eating more plants, 
going slow and steady, not just people that have autoimmune disorders or people that are celiacs or whatever it might be have to go slow and steady with their fiber. It's everybody. Anybody who doesn't I eat, found that like anybody. fiber from seeds for me works way better than eating a ton of vegetables. So like I source my vegetables. Cool. Basically Good what I know. ended up having to do was use a notebook, write in the notebook like how I felt after eating certain things. I noticed that starches, like I used to eat a sweet potato or two a day and then I cut that out and realized, wow, that was affecting me. And it was just like, I had to kind of go about it. And this is what I recommend for everybody is like, take it slow and steady. And I think that's what I'd love to get a piece of advice from you is because you've went through this transition over the course of your life. What would your advice be to people that are trying to go plant-based? What are some tips? Because I think a lot of people get overwhelmed because like me, it's like, go plant-based. So I literally just cut everything else out. You're like me. I just then, went like, all in. Went all in. Yeah. But like that did not work for it me. It does not work for, for most people, and I'd it, say. And it's hard to stay consistent that way versus just like- And it's also nice to have at least a buddy to do it with, you know, but- Agreed. I would say you don't have to be all or nothing. That's a good thing to start with. Like, I don't have to be 100%. I don't have to. I think if you're already starting to eat more plants- that's already a huge win on so many levels. It's a huge win for your health, for everything. It's for the animals, for the environment. Everything wins, even if you're just eating more plants or you're just subbing out something. Like instead of eating that piece of steak, you're like, you know what? Instead of eating steak tonight, I want to have protein in my diet though. Instead, I'm going to sub that out for something, maybe experiment with something new like seitan. Or if I can't eat seitan, maybe what I'll experiment seitan? with tofu. I know what it is, but for yeah, those listening, vital what is wheat? it? So it, I believe it's gluten though. I don't think you can have it. It is. Yeah. But so like it, most of the people don't have my issue. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I think a good, yeah, maybe let's say most people aren't truly celiacs. You are. Yeah. A lot of people, it's and more a, of a trend to be gluten free. And, and the yours trends, is not a trend. The, the trend starts with a lot of people are suffering from sugar and other things that we were talking about here. Gluten is just like media. They find a scapegoat gluten and then it. go after it. Gluten is it. It's the easiest it's thing. It's sad though. The other thing is money. Yeah. Like if <laughs> if if things that if they can upcharge for gluten free things, they're going to. They're going to do that. Yeah. Because it's the easiest scapegoat. But I think it's the most searched for thing is gluten free. Even though most people aren't truly don't truly have celiacs like you do, but you like for you it's a true thing. For a lot of people, it's trendy. Um, and then there are people that are sensitive to it. And that's a true thing too. So th it's just, there's so many types of people. Everybody's different. For me, I, I do eat gluten and I respond great to it. Um, but I also eat whole foods. So it's not like I'm eating or even with fiber, I think people should up their fiber, but don't buy something that says it's, it's added fiber to the cereal. So you're going to look, it's the quality of what you're eating matters and, and where you're getting the fiber from actually does matter. So it's, oh, it's fortified with fiber, but what, Where's that coming from? I'd rather get the true fiber from the true whole plant that's not stripped of the ingredients. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like unprocessed. And I think that a lot of people are, it's sad. They see something that's marketed a certain way and they grab, they go for it. You know, and I, I think it's better just to grow, grow it if you can. Grow it and go grab it from your garden. If you can't grow it, then just get the whole plant, you know, and get, and if you can afford the organic, buy the organic. If not, at least get non-GMO. I love this conversation, but for the average person, it goes so far over their head like these days because like we are so disconnected from the actual source of food that people don't even realize it. Like that's that's really the struggle, and that's Sad. why I'm really into hyperponic farming and stuff like that, where we can get farming into cities and get people closer to 
actual plant-based food because what most people don't think about is like, how does that even end up in the grocery store? It was planted in the ground and there's worms and, it, and there's and bugs and, it was and there's soil. soil. Like, yeah, yeah you're so it's right. Just there's like, so much. There's so much that goes into it that the average person doesn't even think about. We become such a consumption-based society rather than production-based where it's like, you go back a hundred years, people were planting their food. I know. They were going out back. They were, we just they were started doing researching that. it. We just started planting things and we, we started getting really into it. And it's crazy how much different when you pick some broccoli or cauliflower or kale from our, your own garden, it actually tastes so much different. It's sweeter. It's just tastes better. And you're like, how does it taste so much better? It's, but I guess maybe it's the travel time. Who knows? My mom, when we were younger, so she, we would plant strawberries, blueberries, some other stuff like in the backyard. But then my dad, one of the Very coolest, cool. one of the coolest things that he got her for a gift. And I want to get it. I don't know what it's called, but it's like, you can plant it on cement. Like it's just like a pot thing. And she would grow these huge zucchinis, squash, Yum. eggplant. And that's when I really learned zucchinis like- Zucchinis get huge, by the way. Yeah, they were literally we like- massive ones. Huge. Yeah. And we would give them out. And I remember tasting those because I would grill. I would grill for a whole family and I would grill the different zucchinis and squash and eggplant. And the difference in taste from that, that was my first key. Like I think when I started learning, because I grew up in a small town in South Jersey and South Jersey is like the garden state, right? So we would normally buy from like an Acme and that's like shitty food. I didn't really realize this back in the 90s and early 2000s, but then we would grow our own food and I start, started connecting the dots. And then that's where the whole path of eating more plant-based and more organic and more, you can just taste the difference. But I'd love to kick this into a little bit different of a path because I'd love to learn more about Credo and actually everyone out there, like I highly recommend look into the science behind and I can't science behind plant-based diet. And I can't wait to have the show notes from this from all the books and doctors and stuff yeah, you're talking yes, about. So but I want to be conscious of like, I love your product. And I think more people should be investing in products, not just yours, but willing to try new things. You said you love to cook. And obviously that's how you got into creating Credo. What inspired the whole starting to cook and create your own ingredients and yeah. put things together so, so that they actually taste good. Been cooking my whole life from a family of five kids. And um, I actually was cooking for the entire family so many times uh, growing up. And I'm, I've always just been obsessed with it, with baking, cooking. And then as I got older, I wanted to figure out how to make things still taste really good, yet be healthy. So I kind of dived into that at an older age of like, well, we made healthy stuff growing up too. My mom had me making these huge soups for the whole family. But yeah, as I got older, I, I wanted to figure out how to keep things healthy yet still taste really good. So I've always been cooking. And then I used to be a drug rep, by the way. Um, I was in the pharmaceutical whoa. industry. Yeah. So you, you didn't whoa, know, that, you didn't whoa, know whoa, this about whoa. me. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to take a mental note right here. Keep going with the cooking, but we're going to go into that story a little bit. Yeah. So in college, I was pre-med, psychology major, super obsessed with nutrition. So I took a ton of nutrition courses and I thought I was going to be a psychiatrist. I decided after finishing college, as I was studying for my MCAT, to throw a big whopper on my parents and tell them that I don't, I'm not going to med school anymore. I changed my mind and it definitely rocked them. Where'd you go um, to school? UF, University of Florida. Okay. So um, they weren't happy about it, <laughs> to say the least. But I said, you know what? I don't think that I want to do this anymore. I feel like 
I had cold feet and I couldn't figure out why I finally realized I, I just, I'm not passionate enough to do this. It's not my calling. I'm not, I don't want to do this anymore. And I am going to try out something different that still I could learn about medicine, but be a lot more social. And I feel like the pharmaceutical industry could be perfect for me. I could be social, meet a bunch of doctors, still learn about the science behind the drugs, learn about drugs. But I think this is going to be a better fit for me. And that's what I did for five and a half years. So I did that in my 20s. And that's what I still was a drug rep when I moved to Austin. I didn't know anybody when I moved to Austin from Florida. I came here. I researched where I wanted to live. Got lucky enough that I got the job. It was super competitive here in Austin. A lot of people want to live here. And I moved here and took a chance, you know. And something I really love about you is you talk a lot about jumping out of your comfort zone, taking risks, all these things. And I've kind of lived my life like that. I moved here without knowing anybody. And all my family and friends said, don't do that. Don't move to a city. You don't know anybody. It's dangerous. You don't have anybody that can help you. And I said, no, I've done research. I feel like this is a good fit for me. I've never lived somewhere that felt like home. And I was searching for my home. And I felt like Austin might be my home. And I was right. And I'm glad I took the chance and the risk to come here. But that was also with jumping into the pharmaceutical industry, even though it wasn't the right fit for me, I took that risk and a chance on it. And it brought me to where I am today. But one of the times that I think about facing fears in life more than anything, there's like a couple pivotal things I feel like I had to really face fears to be able to jump all in. But I traveled to a bunch of places when I was in my 20s. And my parents always told me, don't travel, don't leave, don't go to China. It's dangerous. Don't go to Israel. It's dangerous. And I went to all these places anyway. And I, I wanted to see see the world as much as I could. And it always opened my mind to new things. And I was always also able to reflect on my life when I was away. I think a lot of people probably experience that where you like think about your life and where you're at and where you want to be. And if you're going the, in the right direction. I remember when I was in Israel, I went to the Wailing Wall and I had such a spiritual moment there. And I don't even think I'm that spiritual of a person, but I just it felt, you know, when you're in the moment somewhere and everything just feels right. And I just started crying and I prayed and I don't pray a lot. And I prayed and I started crying. And, and what I prayed for was to be able to face fears more easily in life. And I prayed that I could start jumping in and, and moving past all the fears I was holding on to. And from like that day on, I started changing my life and letting go of all the fears I was holding on to. And I was living a life that was not what I wanted it to be. I was engaged. I wasn't afraid to, to marry the guy. And I realized it, I shouldn't get married. I've never lived alone. I went and lived alone. I never moved somewhere alone in a new city. I went and did that. I started traveling more. I traveled alone even. But I started doing all these things that people told me, don't do this, especially because you're a woman. It's dangerous. It's scary. You need a man. You need stability. And I just started jumping in and doing all these things. And it brought me to where I am today. There's no way I would be here in this city doing credo if I didn't start facing these fears and just saying, fuck it, I'm going to, I'm going to try, I'm going to do it. I'm going to let go of fear. And I think it's such a good way to live is to just jump in. And even if you're terrified, just do it, just try, because it's always scarier in your mind than it actually is in real life. It's always scarier. 
And then when you're actually doing it, even today, like, it's like, I've never done a podcast. Maybe it's a little, it's a little like nerve wracking for me a little bit. With age, I've become a little more shy. It's weird (laughs) because I've always been, my whole family's shy. I'm always the one that's never been shy. I like attention. And with age, I've slowly become shy. It's so strange, but every year in my life, I've become a little bit more shy. So today I was like, oh, I don't really want to go. (laughs) I don't really want to, but I should because it's something new and I should jump in and just experience it. And it's not scary. This is fun. It's great. (laughs) But the same thing, moving to Austin beforehand, I was like, fuck, I don't know anybody there. It's a new city. I've never done something like this. It was amazing. Traveling alone. It was amazing. It's scary in your mind. Usually starting a company was fucking scary. You know, I starting a company with your husband. No, like, that wasn't scary. When really? he said he wanted to do it with me, a lot of my fears started subsiding. Really? That all of a sudden I started getting comfort to have him. When I thought I might start a company alone, I was terrified. <laughs> like, okay. I, I kind of meant more so from, from Oh, me. from like maybe fighting aspects. No, just or- like pressure. So it's just like the pressure of all your eggs are in like this basket now, but looking at it from, from the side of comfort, it makes okay, me so like, because I want to give Aaron you a background. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll, to I'll, come in to, to yeah. help me, but the, pre- the pressure of like, oh, now it's do or die. Like, gotcha. <laughs> so I hear what you're saying for me. So it's a little bit of a different backstory. So you'll understand why I, it brought me comfort instead of the other way around. But so I knew I wanted to start a food company for a while and I played around with different ideas, like so many things. Like I thought I was going to start popcorn food company at one point. I was playing with so many different types of popcorn and like my kitchen was always a disaster. There's always like- I, I have to stop you. The reason being, because I want to keep hearing the story, but for people listening, they don't understand what you just said was so powerful. Like that four minute- Oh. The reason it was powerful because as soon as you jump into this story of talking about, I thought I was going to do popcorn. I thought I was going to do this. Most people, because you were talking about fear, most people don't realize that they can drop things. Like yes. I juggle 30 balls at a time and 10 and of them are dropping not, and 20 doesn't of them work, are breaking. You might have to let it go. Yeah. Even if you feel like it's a baby, a baby of yours. Like if you feel like you put so much effort and work. I put so much effort into that and popcorn. I the, let it go. <laughs> and the reason, and that's the thing. So yeah. do you think that the travel, cause it's hard to stop me in my tracks. I'm like ADHD and like all over the place all the time. But like that couple minutes of what you were saying, one, it hits home with me because I've lived in five different cities within three years. Now I've been in Austin for almost four years, but before that I was all over the place. Didn't really know anybody left the East coast where I knew tons of people. And then I just wanted more and I wanted to travel and I wanted to meet people and I wanted to just become who I was. And everyone around me was fear-based. Everyone around me would make up an excuse for the way that they were living their life versus me. I was just like, I have no excuse to not go do whatever the fuck I want. So I'm going to go do it. But as soon as I started doing that, you you said one thing, Austin felt like home. And I had never felt like home either until I got here. And I think Very a lot cool. of it had to do, and same with Aaron, is with the people here, yes. I think have all kind of like done the same like rock skip. I call it like rock skipping. Like we as human beings have like been skipping our rock. Yeah. And a lot of people here have not been afraid to pick things up, say, this is not for me. I'm going in a completely opposite direction. That's what I've noticed with a lot of our our community. I think you might be right because a lot of people aren't actually from here. Yeah. So they landed here and they're like, ooh, there's a lot of people around here that are used to 
Like that's why even before it's I'm like, yo, girl, just just say your shit. Like let, that's why I love be, this city. You, we're gonna be great. People accept you. And yeah. I didn't want to cut you off, but I, I, I had that thought when I was listening to that. I was just like, this is super powerful because you're talking about popcorn and all these things and anybody else. My goal is always anybody that's listening to this is to inspire you to take action. Like it's cool that you're listening to this podcast right now, but stop fucking listening all the time. Go do something. So with this podcast, and then I'll let you go into all your popcorn and all the other things you tried. You're so right. Go try things and the only way you know what is for you is by knowing what is not for you. you have and to, to know what it. is not so for you, you can, do shit. <laughs> you're so right. You can take that in so many aspects because I've learned that it relates to my it related to my love life as well, where I almost got married and I loved the guy and he was my best friend and there were no problems. We never fought. And it was great, but it didn't feel right. I feel like there's not something, there was something missing. And I feel like you could that can relate. Like you're looking for a problem. Yes, but, because- but you still, it doesn't mean you shouldn't date. It doesn't mean you shouldn't try out that relationship. It doesn't mean you shouldn't give it a chance. But then when you know in your heart that it isn't right, you have to be able to move on. And that's with trying out, potentially starting a company. Say I tried out, I was playing with the idea of popcorn, but it something didn't feel right for me to be able to How did you to know when to drop? In. I'll tell you. So something didn't feel right with everything for me to be able to jump all in. Same thing with getting married. I couldn't jump all in. I couldn't marry the guy. I couldn't jump all in with the popcorn. I couldn't jump all in to some of the other ideas that I had. I couldn't jump all in with the pharmaceutical industry. So I was like, something's not right. There's something more. I kept searching. There's something more. But you still have to try to learn that. Like you said, if you don't try and take action, you're not going to learn. You're always going to wonder. Maybe that was the idea that I should have tried, but I didn't. No, just fucking try it. If it doesn't, if it's not feeling that you, if you can't commit, then that's an initial sign. You can't commit. It's not just with starting a company or a job, but it's with people, with friends. If you can't commit, yes, I think that's a huge sign that it might not be right. And I, when I met my husband, I always like to draw this analogy with Credo because when I met my husband, I was introduced to him through a mutual friend that wanted to bring me to meet him at a Super Bowl party for his surprise 30th party. And I was like, fine, I'll go, whatever. As soon as I saw him, I was just like, I was so drawn to him. And then the whole time I was talking to him, that whole experience I had with him, I left there and I called my sister and said, I think I just met my husband. She's like, what the hell? You've never said that about anybody. I'm like, I know it's this crazy feeling that I have about him. And then after our first date, I called her. I said, I don't think I know. I, this is, I met my husband. I didn't tell him that. I, I might have freaked him out, but told her this. And she's like, I've never heard you say something like this, even when you've been in love. But I was able to go all in because it felt so right. It doesn't mean you are right, but if it feels right, you need to try. You need to go. You need to, And then you'll learn if it's not right. But with Credo, I remember when I was like, I'm going to make mac and cheese dairy-free this is the uh, this is the company idea too. Like I felt it in my bones. I told my husband the night before I even started making it. Said if I can get this right, this is the idea that I know I could jump all in on and commit to it. I just feel it. And the reason was with both instances with him with Credo, there was so much passion behind it. More than just food. More than just you know attraction. There was so much more. There was the passion of being plant based now of wanting other people to learn about being plant-based, of being healthier combined with that, of something that I felt like was missing 
from the market, something I felt like was missing in my relationships. There was so much more than just attraction with him. There was connection on so many levels. There was so much more with this plant-based idea of credo and putting food out there to the world that so was tasty but still healthy. The way that I equate it, and we, we talk about this a lot at Thrive, is at that moment, your purpose matched your your passion. Yes. And that's when people like when things when things click. Yeah. So your purpose in life really the 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 plant-based purpose mixed with the passion of cooking and building a family-oriented business and helping people, boom, right there. It's like a spark. That's and you an know spark it. That, you like, feel it, I feel like. Otherwise, if you're not sure, it's probably not right. Your story gives me chills because it it relates a, a lot of this relates to me, but I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before. I think I've talked about it with when I have had conversations with Aaron. We we had a show where I talked about it. But when you talk about that initial feeling and like going all in, most people don't know this, but when we first started dating, I visited her. And then when I went home, I told my brother, we were in our back porch. I told all my friends, I'm like, I'm gonna marry this girl. And they're all like, get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> like, no way. And my brother's like, no, you're gonna do it. And I was like, I was moving to Nashville at the time and she was in Houston and I told him, I was like, I'm going to move to Nashville. I'm going to drive 12 hours from New Jersey and then I'm going to unpack my stuff for my two door infinity. And then I'm going to drive another 12 hours to Houston. And I'm going to ask her out. And the craziest part of this story that I'll tell you is when I got there, I was like, Hey, do you want to go to Austin for the weekend? Cause I'd never been to Austin. And we rented an Airbnb on East Riverside. We ran on the lake and this is what ended up happening. Most people would think that like I told her I love you first. It was her. We came Amazing. here for Austin and we got back. And this is like literally just a month into like us kind of reconnecting. We get back into Houston and she told me I love you. And then she told her mom, I think I'm going to marry it. And, like, oh. and I didn't know any of this at the time. Yeah. But in my head, like I had gone all in. I was just like, like driving 12 hours and like putting yourself out there like that and potentially thinking about like, I'd worked so hard to get this high paying job and thinking like, I don't even give a shit about this job. Like I will literally quit this job right now and move to Houston because this is my, this is, this is it. And the reason I'm telling this story, one, when you said, because most people will, will be like, call bullshit. Like you walked into the room, that's bullshit that you, because people don't believe in that shit. And it, it really makes me depressed because as, as a kid, like we believe in everything. You believe in Santa, you I believe know. in Barney, you believe, whatever, right? You believe in this stuff. And then as adults, we, le we lose that belief that like there's some type of magic in the universe. There and, is though. But you have to answer. You have to know in your gut to like actually take that. Like something in you, you went to this random party that night. Why'd you go? Yeah. Why'd you go? Who knows, right? But in your gut, you something why, yeah. was like, yeah, you can tell why. But like for <laughs> me, it was like, all right, I have this one opportunity, not drive 12 hours and just play it safe and just be like, yeah, I'll just keep texting her and whatever. Or be like, you know what? I got seven days before my job starts. I'm not leaving this up to chance. Like yeah. I'm going to drive there. And if she stands me up, at least I know. Yes. I know for take, a fact. Take the risk. That that wasn't it, right? But most people would rather be scared be gray yeah than like the black or white of knowing or, or the rejection because of the fear. fear yes you know he tells me that a lot of times he said he always likes to t remind me this and i think it's really cute but he said um well something that was really different about me which a lot of people would have been afraid to do is i messaged him before our first date and i said i'm so i'm so excited for this date like i think i said like i'm the most excited i've been in a really long time something like that 
And he's like, are you being serious right now? Or is like, is this, is this like your game? Like, or are you being serious? I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I'm being serious. Like, it's, it's how I feel. He said he had never gotten a message like that before in his dating life where somebody would put all their cards out there before the first date because a lot of people like to play games or act not overly interested. But I was so overly honest about how excited I was about him that he was like, oh, my God, like, this is cool. Like, I'm used to the games and you know, not getting a message back right away or not knowing. And you just were like, hey, I'm so excited about you. And he's like, it was it was really refreshing. But I think- It's authentic. And that's where- yeah, it's, it's funny that you said that. Yeah. Because when I had visited her, I told her, I was like, I'm going to drive back here. And she's like, oh, like, I don't know. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, because like in her head, again, she was like, are you made, is this a game? Or is this like, now that when I think back on it, it's just like, that's a lot to take in right at that moment. But as I started saying, I was like, no, like I'm serious. Like I'm going to drive, like I have this feeling and then look what it turns into. And I think a lot of people, again, from your end are more afraid of that response that he had than to just be the real goddamn selves of like yeah. sending that message and say, hey, I'm, I'm really fired up yeah. about this date, or it could literally be this meeting, this, Everything. this podcast, yeah. like I know what that's like, even in like the business setting, because like I get really fired up about like even just this and I'll send it to people and different people give me different responses, whatever. I can tell that some people just aren't used to receiving that. They're just like, yeah, this high energy. Is this real? Is this not real? And here's where I'm a huge believer is like Credo is going to do massive things. And the reason that that spark worked is because you'd already kind of like throughout your whole life, you were like beta testing everything. And as soon as like you beta tested through it and you're just like, I know, I know where the arrow is going. I yes. know what I'm pointing at. Nothing's stopping sure. me to go But I have to also give a lot of credit to Adam because yes, I could jump all in, but he's always been so supportive. Every idea I've had, he's like so supportive of it. And when I was ready to jump all in, he was like cheering me on, coming home and trying my stuff. And he came home one day and he was like, oh my gosh, this tastes like queso. He's from Laredo. He grew up with it. He went to Kirby Lane. He, so awesome. he went to UT. I fucking love Kirby Lane. He loves Kirby Lane. He went to Kirby Lane, would eat their queso all the time. He grew up in Laredo where there's tons of queso. He came on one day. He's like, I didn't grow up with queso, when by the way. I'm from Miami. When did you get into Kirby Lane? So a year ago more. I'm trying to yeah. think because we always get their vegan queso. But we moved here three and a half years ago. And I, I probably haven't been there in probably since COVID. But we used to literally go there like you gotta go anytime again. friends or family were in town, we would go to Kirby Lane. I used to live, Aaron went to UT for MBA and there's one on Guadalupe and we would go like late night, go get vegan awesome. queso at Kirby Lane. Yeah. So, Adam would always be there even when he was in college. Like, so it's very. That's so cool. So when we guys. got for him, especially for him, it felt super meaningful because of that. He, he lived here so long and he would always go there. So that was really exciting for us. But but yeah, he was like, this tastes like queso. And then he got like super excited. And he always, he was about to, st- he already had a company that he sold before this. I don't know if you know his background, but he was in tech. He sold the previous company and he was already starting to play around with starting a new tech company. And he wasn't interested in doing anything in food. His background was tech and he didn't ever express interest to wanting to do something with me, especially because I love food so much. And so there, that that never was really like, oh, we're going to do something together. We didn't think about that. And when he tried it, he's like, oh my, his, he was so excited. And he's like, this tastes like queso. And he goes, 
I think I could maybe do this with you. And I was like, no, I thought he was kidding at first, you know, because we never- That's gotta be an awesome Yeah, because he was wanting to do tech and that's his thing. And I was like, are you serious? Like, you being really serious? And he's like, yeah, I think so. And I, he's like, I, I could do this with you. Like, I want to do this with you. I was like, I celebrated. it. For me, it was amazing because a lot of the fear, even though I was still going all in, a lot of the fear started subsiding because he has the background of already taking a company and making it successful. And he's a beast. Like, I've never met anybody that is, I feel like you have his type of energy where you don't stop. He doesn't stop. Go, go, I've had go, to learn go. to like pull back a little bit because it's You're, like- Okay, I think you guys have that in common. Like and I'm learning to make it focused rather yes. than just like the, the puppy that's jumping all over you. <laughs> Yeah. But no, but he can, all the time. I think it's good to sometimes have the, all the ideas and yeah. see what works. You know, we do that with Credo too, where we can get, lose a little focus because we're wanting to try so many fun things, but then we have to get focused, yeah. like focus on what, where you're taking it and what's working. But you know, he, he's like that. And he, he's just a forcing function of making things go fast. There's no way we would have moved as quickly as we did for a new company that only started, you know, less than two years ago, a year in, now it's a year and nine, 10 months. There's no way it would have moved as quickly as it did if without him, there's no way. Yeah. I still can't like seeing where you guys are at and knowing some of the He's things that you're up like, to. Yeah. Boom, that's that's go, very short go. amount of time. And I'm like, okay, let's do it together. You know, like I would have for sure moved a lot, a lot more slowly. Yeah, it's, it's cool to hear this story because I'm at the point where Aaron and I are both trying to figure out like how to have a similar story. Like she's trying things, I'm trying things. We just haven't found that one thing that's like, ooh, this is like, this is it. This We're getting closer. We love to podcast. We love to make YouTube videos together. There's certain things that we love to do, but we're still like fine tuning. And another reason I'm telling everyone this is because again, like even for someone who's like me, who's been doing this for, this will be going on almost four, five years certain things that I've been working on, like I'm still just trial and error. Like I'm literally just trying things, doing new things. And I was telling Madeline before this podcast that like podcasting, I think is my, is my one like flag on the moon type of thing where this is something I want to do for the rest of my life. That's cool. And then everything else I'm going to have fall in between that. So whether it's a supplement or something in the fitness industry, health and wellness, I'm really into health tech. Um, so I'd love to talk to your, your husband about kind of the tech side of the things we're with the heart stuff. Like we're really into like we have whoop and aura ring and these, all these different text things to like help us with our health. Um, I'm really into, I think one day I want to get into that space of creating that and then figuring out how to like, I love events and stuff like that. So it's like, how do I mix? I think I'm really good at, if I throw an event and we have everybody with the whoop strap on and then have uh credo queso for the after party yeah. and then just like <laughs> all these different things that I love to do, like, and curate, like that's the magic thing that I like to do. But we're still trying to figure out for her, like, where is that lane? And I'm really excited because I know someday it's going to happen. But I'd love to ask you because one of the things I look up to you guys about is you do have kids and you have the business, which is a kid in itself. Yes, we always say that. I always find myself attracted more to the struggles than like the wins. Like we're crushing it. We're a family. What has been some of the things that are like, tough decisions because you do have kids and then you also have this business that oh like gosh, there's so many. needs to move the needle <laughs> forward. Yeah. And I know that there's a lot, but 
when and it could be something small, just like what comes to mind. Like I, I think of oh no, yeah, I, I can the tell smaller you. things like in the moment. Yeah, so so a few, but so we started everything started with getting the queso going. For example, the recipe when my daughter was only two. So there was a huge. We were just having to work so hard. It was just my husband and I working so hard to get things ramped up while we have this two-year-old that it's so important to me to give her the attention. But that was a huge struggle in the beginning because we'd sometimes be late hours. We eventually got a commercial kitchen space. We'd be working late hours just trialing the queso at scale to see how it would do making it in bigger bulk with bigger equipment, a big kettle, and using things to blend. And this was just all my husband and I before we even ever started selling it, we started trialing how it would be. And I would be there late hours. And that was really hard for me as a mom. It wasn't as hard for him as a dad. It was still hard for him. But I think because of that bond with breastfeeding and, you know, I had to make sure I breastfed her after ever so many hours. Being yeah, a- she's reliant on you. Yes. So yeah. being away from her and feeling like I'm being a bad mom at times because I'm away from her and focusing on the business And then I would sometimes be like, I got to go. Like, I need you to take over this part. I'll be right back and come back in an hour after I would just literally go home just to breastfeed her. Breastfeed her, get myself a snack, back at the kitchen. And that was hard because she would scream and cry and not, don't leave mommy, don't go. That's really hard on parents when you, your kid's screaming for you to be there, you know? So that was one of the biggest challenges is just finding that balance of making sure you're giving her quality time when I can, but also... I think it's also great for her to see how hard her mommy and daddy work towards something. I mean, she talks about, it's really cute. Like she talks about starting her own company all the time and oh she calls it, and her company is Minnie Mouse Company. It's better than Credo. <laughs> and she makes her dips and she has this one dip. She always makes it with mustard and ketchup and it's called Minnie Mouse Dip. And it's better than Credo's even, she says. And, and <laughs> it's going to be sold in stores. That's awesome. But like, but she sees how hard we work and then she's all, always cooking around the house. And, and I like I think it's even that helps me feel better about not giving her all of the time that I would love to give her, that at least she's seeing how hard we're working towards something, even if she doesn't fully understand it yet. She's five now, so she understands it a lot more than she did then. But I think that balance of making sure we're giving her the time that she needs. And it's still, it's a daily battle. It really is, especially with COVID and everything. When she took her, we took her out of school. She gets homeschooled now. And I'm on meetings at times, like on a Zoom call, on a phone meeting, whatever it is. And you can hear her screaming in the background or like I'm like putting out a fire with her because she can have a temper at times. And I'm like putting out a fire with her, jumping back on or leaving to our kitchen that we cook out of just to be able to get that space from her that I need to be able to focus. Um, And now that we threw another baby into the mix, it does make it even more challenging. And I'd say that best thing about it is Adam and I have figured out a way to make that work. He thought earlier on, it would be better if I'm always in the kitchen, always there. So since we're co-founders, we're always together during, you know, work hours to make sure things move along. And I, I couldn't do that. I just, it didn't feel right for me. I, I told him earlier on that I, when I was doing that, I felt like I was torn from the family way too much that we needed to figure out something that allowed me to be at home more. So I started doing all of the R&D at our home kitchen so that I could be available to, then it was Addie, now it's to both. But 
he wasn't sure if that would work. He was like, I don't know without you in person, like I'd rather you do the testing here in person at the kitchen. And I was like, well, I can do the testing at home and we could still be on the phone a lot together. We're going to be together a lot. And it, it worked out actually better. We didn't know going into it, it would work out, but it worked out better having me do that all from home, still being able to be available to the family, being available to him, being able to come to meetings in person at time, taking them over the phone when I need to. So we, we just made it work. It's not easy, by the way. <laughs> I mean, you make it sound like you have this shit dialed. Like I, I love that. And it, it's, it's definitely inspiring and motivating to me because one of the questions that Aaron and I have had to ask ourselves is what path do we want to go down? Like, because one reason I got into, not one reason, the main reason that I got into entrepreneurship, people think it's because I couldn't have a corporate job or I'm like, I hate authority or, or just other things, which are 80% true. But it was really, I come from a family where my dad was most of the time not there. Like he was the sole breadwinner. And when I was a little kid, like couldn't always come to my games, couldn't always come to my practice. He could never coach our teams. My dad loves sports. Like he was, a, I'm a good athlete because my dad was a good athlete. And then he put me in environments to make me an even better athlete, but he paid for everything. And then my mom dropped me off to go there. She basically gave up her life to take me there. And when I started getting older and reflecting like, okay, when I'm a father figure, like what do I want out of my life? Well, he gave me the opportunity to live to basically thrive enough by the time I have kids that I'm going to be able to be there. And that's one of the reasons that I got into entrepreneurship. And as I've gotten older, I've started realizing that like, <laughs> there is like no right time. Like there's, I'm just going to, I'm always going to be juggling. It's not going to be crystal clear and clean. And it's one thing that Aaron and I talk about a lot. It's just like, shit, we, we've tried, we've tried to navigate the ship one way and it ends up somewhere else. I mean, we're still so happy where the ship ends up because we just have each other. And then you start realizing like, you know what? I'm not going to even try to like really navigate the ship anymore. I'm just going to make sure that if we're all on board the ship, we're together and yes. like we're here and we're present and we're just going to make it work. And I think that how you just told that is, is very good. And it's enlightening to a lot of people out there because a lot of people make excuses. I can't, or I, this, or they'll justify. And in your head, it's cool that in your head, you were fighting, like I should be doing this other thing right? And a lot of people will think that for years and never do it. They would have just stayed in the kitchen, even though in their head, they're just Yeah, like, it felt wrong to me. Yeah. And I was like, there's got to be a better solution that allows you wouldn't me have found to breastfeed as much as I need. Her, my daughter needs it, allows me to still to partake in the family life, yet I could still do my thing. And that also meant that I needed to get help you know, so we do have help. And like, even now she's being homeschooled. So, you know, she has her outlets and I get my time, but I still feel like there's that balance where I could still be as much of a mom as I want to be, which that's important to me. And that's what feels right in my heart. But I also like having something that I'm passionate about that I could still do and focus on and be separate away from from everything else of, of being a mom. You know what I'm saying? Like I love how, yeah. And I a hundred percent get it because I, I think again, like if your daughter's looking up to you, like you're creating an independent, creative, like hustler mentality within a young child. And like, that's the best thing that you can do for them is to show them that you can step into things and, and do things and that you're not basically in a box. You're yeah. not. And that's, um, I love, I was showing you the videos of the kids that I helped teach I'm all in on education reform and the fact that you like took her out and are homeschooling, like 
all you have to do is show her what you're doing on a daily basis, like the work ethic, she the trial and error, like all me. that stuff, she like working she'll, out. Like, she'll, we'll do workouts in the driveway. Like she'll so see cute. me. Like the other day she was doing, uh, last night she was doing jumping jacks. She gets her little waist and she does squats, you know, <laughs> and it, it makes me happy. I'm like, I'm glad she's doing these things. Like I, I want her to see that I, as her, a mom, make sure I, I also exercise. I make sure I eat, eat healthy. I want to make sure the whole family eats healthy. But now I like... I love that with Credo, we have that healthy stuff I feed to my own family at the store for other people to just to grab easily if they don't like to cook or whatever it is. Put it on broccoli, put it on rice and beans, whatever it is. Well, not rice anymore, but if you still want to eat rice, yeah, go yeah. ahead. You know, quinoa <laughs> and beans. But, I love it. Yeah. And unfortunately, like we're getting close to wrapping yeah. up here. So I do have one last question. It's something I kind of ask everybody is, where do you want this mission to go? Like, where do you, where do you hope and where are you going to will Credo in the future? What's it going to become? Where's yeah. it going to be? What is so, what is in your mind? What are you dreaming about? I would love to start with it being accessible to everybody, especially throughout the United States. If it went further than that, that would be amazing. But to start, I would love for it to be accessible nationwide, for it to be something that people don't feel like it's in this little niche of like only certain people can have access to it. When we started Credo, something that was important to us. So Credo stands for what do you believe in? And to us, what we believe in is more people trying out going plant-based or eating more plants, learning that eating plants doesn't have to be boring, just broccoli. It could still feel super indulgent. You could still enjoy holidays and have your cream cheeses, your quesos, your French onion, all your fun, nostalgic childhood dips. You could still have those and participate by grabbing something that's still super delicious. It doesn't even taste like it's dairy-free and feel like you're still having fun because so much about food is nostalgia and, and comfort and memories of love and, and things from the past. You want to be able to still feel like you're participating and not letting go of those things and have fun with them and not even think about it, but you're eating way less calories. You're eating something that's way less processed. You're eating something that's loaded with veggies and plants. And I want people to be able to do that and still stay on track and stay healthy and not feel like they have to have Thanksgiving as a day of gluttony. Go ahead and do it if you want, but you don't have to. And then you're doing something that's better for the animals and what they're suffering from that's better for the environment. You're eliminating all the cancers and the antibiotics that the animals have. You're just eating pure plants. And I think that what you put in your body, it reflects on everything that you do. So I would love for more people to have access to that as much as possible. When we also started this company, one of my favorite words is Genshai. So Genshai, spelled G-E-N-S-H-A-I. I read it in a book once and it always has stuck with me, but it's like an old Hindi word. And it means that you should never treat any, anybody else like they're less than you. Like never treat anybody like they're less than. But at the end of the chapter, it says, not only should you never treat others like they're less than you, but you shouldn't let others treat you like you're less than either. And I felt like that was a big thing that I needed to take in at the time because it's not just about not letting others feel that way, but vice versa. But I want Credo to be, to stand for something that's inclusive to everybody. You don't have to be vegan. You don't have to be, you know, anything. You just have to be a human. And for whatever reason that it is, you want to try it, whether it's for your health, whether it's just because you think it tastes delicious, whether it's because you don't want to have to give up 
you know, you have celiacs and you, you can't have gluten, has no gluten, or you, you, you're dairy-free for whatever reason. You don't want to have to give up on the fun with your friends, your loved ones, your holidays. It's inclusive to everybody and it's accessible to everybody. That's what right. I hope for. That's so powerful. And I absolutely love that. How do you say it? Gen- Genshai. Genshai. And how many people make themselves less than? That's what it I think that's me that think. might even be harder like for a lot. Of yeah. People. Like I, I've noticed like so many people go into a conversation making themselves less than they I think I do are. that a little. I might have even started that with you yeah. today when I'm like, oh, I know I'm kind of neurotic. Sorry to take this in a different I'm direction. Because I'm oil free, but, but it made I'm me automatically making myself seem less than in a sense. And not completely, but try, I'm, pr- I'm trying to make others more comfortable first. Yeah. But it's a fine line. And that's it's okay. It is a fine, fine line. line. I think it's, but it's also because I'm making sure other people don't feel less than. Yeah. And it's always going to happen no matter what. If people take things the wrong way, you, you know, you just never know. Or people might take things personally or think, oh, because you're vegan, that means you look down on somebody that's not vegan or that you think you're better than. And that is not the case. I was not vegan most of my life. I've only, I went vegan in my 30s. You know, I'm 37 years old. I went vegan when I was 34 years old. Um, and not everybody's even going to go vegan. I'm just hoping through Credo, we get more people to be open to the idea that plant-based food could still be really delicious and healthy and fun. And you could still in, indulge and have that comfort, but you don't have to sacrifice. Yeah, you're solving, you're solving them. A multitude of problems yeah. with, and that's really where your heart is. You're, you're a problem solver. Yeah. You solve problems for yourself, and then now you're trying to extend that. And that's something I wholeheartedly respect as being like in the in the space that I'm in, where it's all, all a lot of all business all the time, helping growing businesses, helping marketing businesses. And the number one thing that I always look for is like passion and purpose, but then also is this solving a problem for the masses? And like, that's something that you're doing. So I'm extremely appreciative that you were able to join me today. I know you live such a a fast paced life right now with everything you have going on. This was extremely enlightening and I just want to thank you. But before we kind of wrap up and give your contact information so that people can hit you up and learn more about Credo, I have one last question that I ask everybody. What does it mean to you to thrive? I feel like I'm thriving right now. And what that means to me is that I am healthy. Number one, I feel like is what you put in your body in order to thrive. I'm not my happiest. I don't have my highest energy. I don't feel clear if I'm not fueling my body with whole foods, plants, unprocessed junk. So if I, to me, what it means to thrive Number one is what I'm putting in my body. If I'm able to get outside and get vitamin D from the source, if I'm able to move my body in any sense and be social in any way and share love and passion, my passion through food, all of that is what it means to thrive. And I think everybody needs to find their equation, but we're all human at the end of the day and it's pretty similar. So if you can get your body moving, get some vitamin D, put in some amazing nutrients from whole foods into your body and find somebody to talk to, find somebody to love and to give love to. And if you're lucky, you find a passion while you're at it. That's what it means to thrive. I love that. And I love how you started with a little bit what isn't thriving. And I think a lot of people don't reverse the equation there. It's just like, what does it mean to me not to feel like shit 
or not to be happy? What are the things that don't make me happy? And that's really what le- makes you lean into, okay, so if this doesn't make me happy, why am I doing it so much? If this does, if this food yes. doesn't make me feel that great, why am I eating so much meat? Like your husband, like yeah. when he first was rejecting it. So and I love that response. Thank you. I, I Real quick, I know we're wrapping it up, but I think another thing, my husband and I had a really deep conversation recently about finding your why and like, what is your why? And he asked me this a while back, like, what's your why? Like, this is not just about credo. We know what the why is for that. It's about helping people go plant-based. But what's my why? Why am I so healthy? Why am I so, you know, careful about what I put in my body? And I told him it's happiness. And we started talking about it. When I don't eat things that I feel like are from the earth and clean and healthy, um, super fiber fueled, if I don't eat that way, and move my body and get vitamin D. But the main thing is what I eat. I'm not happy. I, sh- I see a huge difference. And he just recently started noticing the same difference in himself. And I pointed it out to him a few times. I'm like, you seem so much healthier when, you're, when he's eating the same way I do because I'm a lot more strict than he is. He's like, holy shit, you're right. It's the ripple. What we were talking about before, we were talking about my tattoos and the, the, the ripple on my, on my hand. Um, it's... It stems from if you eat, you can control, like what we were saying, you can control what you put in your body, but then you have a ripple. Your your actions have a ripple effect, either negative or positive. So what you're putting in your body, if it's great and you're strict and you're happy, that's a happy ripple that you're extending to other people, your family, your friends, through your food that you're even creating that other people get to then have that ripple. So it's super cool to think about this. And I'm definitely, you got, you have my mind going in so many different directions. Yay. So I, I foresee <laughs> something in the future and bringing your, your husband into this conversation because yeah, I have had love it. couples in here before, um, maybe, uh, later on this year, we'll, you would we'll have do something so much like that. Fun with him. We'll have to definitely tee it up, but I just want to say thank you so much again for yeah, joining me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. One of my superpowers in this world is to connect people. It's one of my biggest passions. And I find that as I've gone on about pursuing this passion, it has become really wholeheartedly my purpose is to connect people and solve their problems. And the easiest way to solve someone's problem is to connect them directly with the source. So how can anybody out there that listened to this and maybe wants to try your product or has questions for a multitude of reasons because you're so well-versed, how do they get in contact with you? Uh, Credo Foods. Instagram, Facebook, we have a website, but it's C-R-E-D-O-F-O-O-D-S. Easy to find. Uh, my personal page on Instagram is Modern Vegan Fam. Um, but those would be the best ways if people just send me a message. Heck yeah. Definitely reach out to Madeline. She's a ball of energy and will definitely help you in whatever questions you have. But my biggest takeaway from this episode was when you started talking about fear and really looking at and taking basically ownership of what is causing you that fear in your life and then going through that. I think that's something that every single person that listened to this, myself, any human being that goes from being a kid to being an adult, we start racking up these different fears that can be somewhat consuming and it's not easy to break. They're very hard to get rid of cold turkey. You have to keep working at it. And even when you have broken some of the fears, Madeline and I still are still trying to break some fears that we have 
But what I want to convey to you is that it's one step at a time. And she has done an amazing job today sharing that with her entire journey and what she's working on now. And I just want to say thank you again for sharing that with me because I have a lot of takeaways with this. But this is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. I'm so thankful that you guys are tuning in. If you have any questions for myself or for Madeline, please feel free to connect with us. We'd love to chat. Have a wonderful day, y'all. Thrive on. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.